And welcome back to This Irish Life Podcast number 17. Welcome back, shows. Welcome back, Doug. Our Johnny. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's it. How are we getting on? Good, man. Got some Eden playing there. Yeah, lovely. Fitting for the podcast as well. Yeah, well. Inspiring. What you're looking at there now on this podcast. Uh, the, the heading on it. We're going to say it was the history of Ireland in ancient times. Uh, yeah, the history and origins of Ireland in ancient times and like, including like megaliths and ancient sites. Yes. And um, a bit of myths and legends. Um, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff, yeah. Really thought-provoking, thought-provoking uh, stories. And, and factual really... because it's right in front of us. Yeah, a lot like a lot of the stories that we're going to discuss, like they all take place at places, so they name the places where they happen, and like there's a lot of stories that took place, um, like the Newgrange and Tara. Just before you get into type of what areas. you're going to say, you know, next is just for a bit of background, you've researched this for years, from college, actually literally just going to college, doing your degree, studying history, but also it just out of enjoyment, you um you have a big interest. In, in history, I do. I love history. I love especially um, Irish history. I love different interpretations of history mm. and history that uh, makes sense. Mm. So uh, the route that you went with this history then is almost you wouldn't say alternative, no, would you? But you would say it's well, it wouldn't be mainstream. It wouldn't. Well, look, there's history. Like the history of Ireland, as we're going to discuss it in this, a lot of what we're going to discuss as like history is like what what is considered myths and legends as well um or some people would consider that these myths and legends actually apply to a more primitive people so like a lot of the stories that we're going to discuss are happening between 10,000 BC up until pretty much about 500 BC or 400 AD so sorry my bad so that's about 12,000 years back and the like 400 AD is 400 years after Christ so just mm. over 2,000 years ago um, and that's the time frame I think you're gonna I think you did a bit on some of the more recent stuff which kind of skips up towards mm. closer like the 60s yeah, yeah later on but the majority of what we're going to talk about is in those time BC. frames is BC mm. Um, and a lot of the stories that describe the people of Ireland at that time, the the stories say that they were they were gods and goddesses with magical powers. Do you mind if I just say there now? Mm -hmm. um, before we get into it, so mm -hmm. we're going like real old Ireland before the Celts. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, up to the Celts, basically up is to what the I'm Celts. gonna. Okay. I'm gonna talk a little bit about after up to the, the Ice Celts. Age. After the, the Ice Age. Age, so we say the Ice Age is about 10,000 years ago. Yes. And an interesting fact um, that has become pretty conclusive now is that it's fairly accepted in the scientific world, even though it's not publicised, that there was a massive cataclysm on the planet about 12,800 BC. Um, so it's about 14,000, 15,000 years ago. Wow. Um, and that is what looked like, like something happened there, they say like a meteor um, or some sort, there was, you know, there was a fiery doom yes. reaped upon the planet. And this coincides then with a flood. There's evidence of this. This coincides, the... yeah, this coincides then with a flood. So you've got like Noah's flood um, in the biblical texts. Around the same time frame as well. So this is the same time, this is the time frame that you put the flood on. So yeah, the flood, yeah. they talk about it in biblical texts, but... So the flood actually the, lines up with... The geographical record of the research nowadays is showing that the flood... There was a great flood on the planet following this cataclysm around 12,800 wow. uh, BC. And... Um, That's some coincidence with Noah, like. Yeah, well, it seems that like a lot of the stories that we thought were writing off as myths were actually tales from... 
a civilization that got lost. So mm. you you kind of dip into the whole Atlantis yeah. mystery Spe- as well. Speak, you're, you're actually going to start with one of these stories, no? Yeah. I am. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell the story of Ireland and the ancient Ireland and the initial inhabitants of Ireland and what the ancient Irish texts say about it and the tales. And potentially these people created and built the ruins and all the stone circles and Newgrange. That's and all what these. the stories say that they they, they are the responsible. They're responsible. They were the chieftains. The kings, the, kings the goddesses, the queens, the druids, everything. Yeah, they were wow. the they wow. were the the royalty of Ireland. Um, it's unclear whether there was another race of less powerful beings on the planet on the in Ireland at the same time. Mm. Um, who knows? But I'm gonna like I'm gonna talk from basically from kind of after the Atlantis up okay. to the Celts coming. Okay. Um, which is about 10,000 BC up to 400 AD. So you're talking so about gonna, Atlantis for... So I'm talking about Atlantis. Got go to, for it, so. Atlant- so straight so, in. So straight in, you're talking... No, no stopping. Yeah, straight in. Go for it. You're talking after Atlantis was destroyed, if you believe in Atlantis and if you believe in age civilization. Okay, let's just say, what was Atlantis? Yeah. If, Atlant- you Atl- if you don't know what Atlantis was, if you don't mind. Atlantis was an ancient civilization highly technologically advanced highly advanced that was said to have gotten too greedy and too evil and um it was destroyed um or they destroyed themselves depending on which accounts you was, know, it like the mid- was it like an island in the middle of the ocean they or say like they, a lot of people say that atlantis was the island uh, in the atlantic ocean that's been lost and people say actually that ireland was part of atlantis as well um, when it sunk a lot of the survivors the stories go the survivors came to the coasts of like Portugal, Spain, France, Ireland, everything that was on the east coast of Atlantis. So if you think of the Atlantic Ocean mm, mm. as being where Atlantis was, yeah, yeah. the east coast of Ireland um, and all those other countries. Along so it was like Europe. an island continent thing. It was like an island continent. That's what they say. Um, that's what they say it was, whether it was like a, an island continent that was in the Atlantic Ocean or whether it was actually, like sometimes I wonder, where, was it actually the whole world itself almost or a large section yeah, of the world? when it was but, all one thing. Yeah, but who knows, who knows really, but there's a lot of ruins under the water of old civilizations across the world that shows there is lost civilizations there. Is there is pyramids and stuff underwater. There is pyramids underwater. It's, it's not in doubt nowadays. Um, anybody with half Cuba. a brain There's stuff off can of Cuba see. that they were saying it could be Atlantis as well, remember that? Yeah, they do, they talk about that. Um, uh, as we were saying, it could be closer together. It's likely that Atlantis, Atlantis has a lot of links with um, Europe, though, and that's why mm, it's likely to be yes. closer. Like they say, a lot of the survivors of Atlantis also went to Egypt um, and along the north in Africa, like Carthage and all of those. Mm. So uh, what you're suggesting, so, just so I'm along with you here now, they're after surviving this cataclysm that yeah. was 14,000 years ago. Yeah, these um, beings. It happened instantly over like a day. These beings who were super beings. I don't know if it was a day. I don't know okay. how long it happened. Okay. These beings who were supposed like godlike people, human beings, giants, whatever. Pre-giants, sons of giants. Yeah. I don't know, sons of gods. Yeah. And I think people like slaves. slaves they say like yeah. the slave race of like there was a lot of uh, human slaves. Yeah. Um, yeah. that were. That survived as well that was shipped off but anyway that's kind of not the main part of the story so, yeah, like, we're not going to get too that. deep into Atlantis but so if you can imagine that you're talking about that kind of time frame and 10,000 BC there was settlers from these old islands into Ireland um, and they say that the some of the original some of the original people that were meant to have come here but didn't survive there was a couple of people like the sons of noah after the flood the stories of the sons of noah coming the stories of um a pharaoh coming um from egypt i think scotia like that's kind of a fairly common story that you seem to come across but none of these people actually survived when they got here they died um for various reasons 
they just didn't survive the story the way that the stories go. I don't. I, 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 like. I didn't jump massively into those ones because I focused on a couple of one. I focused on the ones that actually stayed and lived mm. on the island. Um, but there was a range of different, different people who journeyed to the island of Ireland because of its mythical prowess. It was considered a magical place, by all accounts, and um, kind of a place wow. where you would you would want to go. But mm. so if you're you're talking, if you're talking, you've got a wide variety, like maybe four or five different visitors, and you know their ships and whatnot coming and they didn't survive but what you did have then was there was four races that the history of ireland revolves around i heard of okay. this this is super interesting yeah so there's four races and um, and it's this is actually really well covered and i'm going to give this dude a shout out because oh, i was yeah. really impressed by the story he told he was a an irish bard I love it. and he told it in the bardic style with the harp Oh wow! And it was it was superb. Like you were talking so cool. to me about yeah. this already. That is epic. So I'm gonna give this dude a shout. Um, Do and, and tell him how we did yeah. it and all that. Yeah. So his name is Robin Williamson, and if you go to YouTube, it's a tale of the deeds of the Tuaha de Danan. So Tuaha, he had he he had a really cool voice as well. Tuaha. And the way he said everything, it's like I used Old to call you know like the the Dagda mm. was like the high high priest, the high druid, mm. but he actually calls him the Daida. The way he says it is cool, like Class. yeah, it was just how, how it should be said. Yes, yeah, but anyway, so this dude um, that's Gaelic as well for Gaelic. people who are listening. Proper. So he um, so we'll give him a give him a shout out and check him out on YouTube, um, because it's worth a listen. Okay. A really interesting little experience. So you've got four races, um, the four races are called. You've got first of all. First of all, the Fomorians. Fomorians, yeah. Also called the Favora. This this gentleman, the what's his name, Rob Williamson was calling them the Favora, but they're the Fomorians also. And these were a race of gods from the sea. Jesus. And they were the pretty much the, the taxmen of Ireland. Whoever was in Ireland, they exacted bounty and they exacted tribute, like slaves, um, cattle, corn. So they would take things. these things to survive. This was a tax. And they would live in the sea? Apparently they lived in the sea and they were like monstrous and they were evil and they were greedy. So they were um, but they could but they were also able human, to human human like? I think they were able they were magical so they could change their appearance. So um, they could be like fish they could shape, and they could shift, be like yeah. So they could they had magical wow. powers. So this was the Fomorians or the Favora. Yes. Okay. The second race are called the Fear Bulg. Okay. Mm. Or else you hear them as the Fear Bullock. Or the Fear Bullock, yeah. You hear them saying that as well. The Fear Bullock. So, they're also magical beings. Mm. Uh, wow. Everybody was magical back then. Class. Um, and they were powerful people. They were the people of the leather bag. And they were known for raising the mountains from the sea. This is all after the Ice Age. This is after the Ice Age. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, like. This is after the Ice Age. So like They were known for raising the mountains from mount, the sea. They were the people who raised the mountains from the sea. So, I don't know, does that reference mining? Do you know, mass mining of the planet or something like that. I've come across some like interesting gold things. mining or gold something. Gold mining or instance, God only knows what they're mining. gold for some reason. Yeah, who knows. But anyway, you know. maybe the Fear Bulg were the original miners of Ireland and they were the people that were wow. working the land originally. And there was gold mines here. Well, look, the ancient stories. There is though. There is gold mines there is in gold. Ireland. Yeah. Well, not even gold mines, but like land, like sculpting out the land. Do you know? Oh, yes. There was some interesting. So I must do some taking, more research on that. Taking rock and rubble. Yeah, we spoke about that briefly. That's it's sorry, sorry for I'm another day. You're, but, you're still uh, on Fear Bullock here. So the Fear Bullock. So they were the mind. They were the people who were in Ireland, and they were they came after like Scotia and after all those other people that had tried to come and they didn't manage to come. Okay. So I will be putting these. And the Fomorians are they still floating in and out of the sea, attacking the land and all that? Are they? So the Fomorians are basically the Fomorians are uh, they're very powerful. And the Fairbullock are around the same time as them. The Fairbullock at the same time, yeah. Okay. So, and the Fomorians, you would equate probably the Fomorians to the ancient gods of Atlantis, who were continued living under the sea, and continued to try and land grab above land, which is what the tale of Atlantis is: is that they got too greedy and they tried to invade Athens and they tried to invade all of these other territories, well, they and have they been just got too nearly. evil. And then they shouldn't have. They just got too greedy. And was they, Athens their own then? It was. Yeah, yeah. There was wow. the, the stories of Athens talk about Atlantis 
Um, it was amazing. But not Athens as we know it in modern history. There was an older Athens mm. again, like the same type of Athens that was happening at the Sumerian and the Egyptian civilizations. What I find very known. interesting, sorry, no, for, I'm just going to cut it and say this. What I find very interesting is these small clippets of evidence that is done, let's say you go back 1100, whatever, AD. Mm-hmm. And you have a historian who did a report on something. You know, these kind of little snippets are very important because, you know, these guys gave it 110% of truth, honesty. Yes. And that's kind of how these things start building up to knowing they're nearly fact, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's so much, uh, so much, so much information that is overlooked and neglected in the story. And it often means that the stories can be very conflicting until you start putting in these, like, a kind of more accurate... Yeah, like Less research biased, really yeah. done on things at the right time. Yeah, you know. Especially, you know, things get lost you know, a thousand years, of course. Yeah. Like. Well, anyway, the, we'll get back to the... So, the two-day Danim. So, with next? the Fair Bullock, we have the Fair Bullock, and they were... So, they were being... Um, they were being pretty much controlled by the Favora, the Fomorians. And then you've got the two-day two Danim, and they were another race of mythical beings, and they were good-natured in general. They were, you know, they weren't evil. They weren't they look like rough and ready. I don't know what they look like. They say, I think they look like humans. I mean, the, the talk about them as if they look like humans. Mm. But they're the people of art and skill. And um, they came from... Martial artists, so. Oh, yeah, they would have been artists in every level. They were magical people. They came from a dimension that was not here. Whoa. They came from, I'll tell you where they came from. They came from the cities of in the four cities of instruction, and it was decided in the four cities of instruction that they would go to Ireland and they would take over at this time. So they came basically on their ships from what you consider another dimension nowadays. Okay. Um, Wasn't even a different country or anything. Well, it was. It was from a magical place. Is what the story in. says. They came from a magical place, and uh, you could say it was like something crazy, like you see on TV or whatever. Dimension yeah. change. That's it. So you had the two of the Danon, um, who came in. So I, before I go into that part of the story, I'll just say the final one we call the Milesians, mm. and they're who we'd equate to the Celts, also the Gaels, so the oh. Gaels. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah, so there, and that's that brings us up to like four hundred AD. So that's like two, ten thousand BC up till the Celts came in four hundred AD. So that's the kind of time frame, and the Milesians would be the Celts. And, and when the Fomorians... The, the Milesians took it from the Tuatha Dé Danann. And the Tuatha Dé Danann took it from the Fomorians? And the Tuatha Dé Danann took it from the Fir Bullug and the Fomorians. Fir Bullug and Fomorians were at battle all the time. Yes. A, a, lot of, a lot of these warriors that were at battle and all these beings, and like a lot of these high kings and stuff, would they have been the best warriors, essentially? Would that the way it would be worked? Um, I didn't go too much into you know how the how the battles oh, yeah. would take place. This is already early yeah. days, really. Like, be, like what the story the story of Ireland actually centers centers around like two battles, the two battles of Moy Tora. So, um, those battles it was it was the champion who won the day. So I suppose it would be the like Chieftain yeah, then, like they were his the bloodline then and all that kind of. They were the guys like the the strongest and the. Uh, the most intelligent and the smartest generally won the day of these gods. Mm. But um, that's amazing. So, so they're the four races of Ireland. And this look, is all documented over time. This there is in like the Lower M- Gawala, I think it's called, um, which so, is ancient tales of Ireland. So that were, c- yes, they were written, I think, around ten thousand. Like they were fairly late on. Plus that written book, down the his, by the monks. The history of Ireland, two hundred and fifty episodes. That has some information. References I went. To, I went and had a look at it. It's probably it's like that book would say two of the Danann are a Stone Age race, and that's what they were talking about, and they were oh. pretending they were gods and this kind of stuff. It doesn't really make a whole pile of sense. The way, but, you, um, the way you've said it there basically is the fourteen thousand years of explaining what happened and how how it yeah. populated with people and. How we're all so we're quite supernatural Irish people. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something different to us compared to other people. I think anyway. Yeah. Well, um, if you subscribe to this, you'd say that we're we're our bloodline is of of the two day Danon. Do you know the that's good the, guys? The good guys, because what happened was, is that the Fomorians and the Fair Bullock were the first, 
And then the two of the Danning came in from the four cities of instruction. And they said, all right, fair bullock. Taking over the show there, lads. Sorry about that. They said, we're going to have a battle. And we want to have a battle of numbers. And the battle of numbers was that we will keep fighting until all our men are dead. So you can either surrender or we'll, we'll just slaughter all your army. And they, um, so they had, I think it was like four days of fighting and then the Fomor or the Fear Bullock surrendered because they were just getting slaughtered. Oh, forget it. Yeah, they were like, right, they're just going to keep fighting and we're just all going to die. So the, because the Fear Bullock were so brave, the two the two Danan gave them a Connacht and then they just wow. disappeared from history. Was and Maeve related to Fear Bullock? Because she was the queen of Connacht. I don't know. Know, but that's later maybe yeah it could Sorry, be later yeah later. like this we're talking early days here yeah, now we're talking yeah. probably she's probably related to someone but sorry two yeah. day denim stay on that so, and running away yeah so the the two day denim took her from the fair bullock but then the fomorians were the fomorians were then looking to oh no so where yeah are fomorians now? were trying to I'm take get, over then, i'm it? getting ahead of myself the, so, so sorry, the, the battle fir, the fair bullock got initiated as a respect because they were so good warriors what was that what was next yeah so they they gave the fair bullock connacht, connacht and the two yes. did on and continued on as the um as the as the rulers of ireland and the, what happened was an interesting thing happened and this is kind of the, a really central part of the story in that the leader of the Tuatha Dé Danann called Nuada his arm was cut off so he couldn't lead anymore he was no longer you weren't allowed to have a physical disability mm. to lead so they had to nominate a new leader and they nominated this guy called Bress and the interesting story about Bress is that he was half Tuatha Dé Danann and half Favora or half Fomorian Wow. So he was from that race because his father was king of the Fomorians. Holy shit. Yeah. He came, this is this actually relates to the story of Ireland and the name of Ireland because Bress's mother was called Eru and she is the woman, she's the goddess whom Ireland is named after. Eru. Eru. Because when the Milesians or the Celts came, she and her two sisters, you got the triple goddess again, yeah. Her and her two sisters asked the Milesians to name the country Era or Eru, and Aaron is the derivative of it. So, um, this goddess, way back when, a Tua de Danan goddess was sitting on the side of the sea, and a ship came along. And on that ship was the king of the Fomorians called Elaha. And he lay with her. <laughs> you know the way it goes. Yeah. She had a baby called Bress. Nice. And he gave her a ring and said that if you, if he ever needs to see me, give him this ring and he'll be brought straight to me. So what happened was that this breast guy had superpowers, obviously. He was like a super god. He nice. became leader of the Tua De Danan, but then he exacted a tribute on the Tua De Danan. So the Fomorians were back in control again because he sided with the Fomorians oh, no. and put the two of Dedanon enslaved. This is all battle stuff again and yeah. wars. And so shit. they were so the two of Dedanon were enslaved by their own leader to the Fomorians oh, basically. No. This is how the story goes. Until a guy named Lug came along. Hero. Or Lou. Lou. Lou Lou, Lou Lavada. He was the hero. Um who saved the day in the end because wow. what happened was the where does it go now where does it go it's such a complex story of many stories Lug. layered on top of it Lug the champ yeah Lug the champ is a Tua de Danon who is so was he enslaved and came to the top from the set, from the inside up like Lug maybe I shouldn't even jump onto Lug should should we finish the other one it's grand men do whatever yeah we'll have a look there yeah the um yeah they managed so before I get on to Lug we'll just go to the the fact that Bress was exacting tribute and I wanted to say this because Bress is the guy who started building Tara and Newgrange and Nouth and Douth wow. which are really ancient sites so he's the guy who's credited with building them. He started those projects. Right. 
So we're going to talk about them in a minute as well. Mm. Um, but eventually he was deposed as uh, he was deposed as the leader because they found a cure to grow the Nuada to grow his arm back. So they found a cure. So he was leader again. They kicked Bress out. Then he went to his father, the king of the Fomorians. Oh, that's how he turned. And uh, he went, put the ring on, went to his father with Eru, which is really weird. His mother. With his mother, Eru. And who is a Tua de Danon. She probably wanted to see him yeah. for another jump. So like, she's kind of like this divided goddess that's kind of a common enough theme in some of the other ancient texts. And um, this goddess who's divided. Um, Ying and Yang. Um, Justin, yeah, I suppose it is yeah, like Ying and Yang. It's an even like... But she's um she she doesn't know where her loyalties lie. Mm. But anyway, so Bress, long story short, Bress ends up getting an army to invade and attack the two of Dedanon. And he get he one of the Elaha's brother, so another one of the gods of the Fomorians, or the yeah. old Atlanteans maybe, yeah, yeah. as were as they potentially are. Um he gets this guy called Balor, Balor of the Evil Eye. You may have oh, come across yes, him. I did. So Balor of the Evil Eye was a badass, badass god who had like an eye that could just like blow shit up. Jeez. Yeah, and he was just a laser eye, you know, very dangerous. Totally uh, like yeah. aliens kind of stuff. Like, it's crazy. This is, he was a giant? He was a giant, oh yeah, he was a giant. He had one eye or two eyes? Or? He had two eyes. One of, it was like a patch on it and he'd lift up the patch and go bzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
in them so you never really get the full real story but this is kind of this is the no, no. this is the closest version to what we have Which, but, uh, um so he gets given a, a weapon and he <laughs> the way the dude put it was he blows ballard's brain out the back of his head and then going like yeah and then they celebrate all is good everyone's delighted he shot him out with something anyway so he shot him with something blew the brain out of the back of his head um and that was that was it then. He was the leader of the two of the Danon. Um, all oh. was well. He became king, and um, that was that was like the story. He slew Balor, and then that brings us up to um, that brings us up to around the times of, I suppose, towards before the invasion of the of the Celts and the Milesians, mm. who come in then. Um, the two Adidanen were the sole race of Ireland for so it could have been a thousand plus years uninterrupted, um, and then suddenly in like four. And they looked like four, normal people. Were, I don't know what they looked like. I didn't even. I didn't actually go into. It. You could probably find it out fairly easily, or you could be people would say mainstream. <laughs> mainstream yeah. talks of them like Stone Age kind of Ireland. Well, mainstream would say, yeah, like these all of these are just Stone Age myths, or they're they're stories that people made up to explain the seasons, or they're archetypes, and mm. maybe some of them are archetypes, you know. Yeah, um, who knows? Not. I mean, God knows. But what's interesting, I think we're going to get onto this now, is that like a lot of these stories are set in real places in Ireland with a lot of mythology behind them, like Newgrange, mm. like Tara, you know, the High Kings of Ireland, yeah. sat in Tara. The gods of Ireland sat in Tara. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So unreal. It's unreal, like you know what I mean. Yeah. But uh, man, loving it. And that's loving that's kind of where um, that's where we get off. And God only knows what happened to the um, Fomorians. We didn't hear anything from them. Most of them were slain in that battle. The yeah. Fomorians. Um, Ella had died. Jeez. Who was the father of Bress? He was oh. killed. One of the gods, Balor, died. He- yeah. Um, so they had. They the had bad lived. guys died, so. The bad guys died, and the two ahead of Dannon were, were the victors of the day until the Milesians came in. And then when the Milesians or the Celts came in, they said they won anyway because mm. their weapons, for some reason, they managed yeah. to win. And they said to the two ahead of Dannon, You can live under the ground in the seas, and uh, the sea does. And yeah. oh, yeah. So with that. I'm going to do a and we quick... we live over the ground, and that was it. Nice. What a cool story to get us started for what, a cool what we're going to say to get next. Started. And that was the story of Ireland. Which Ancient is Ireland. being held, basically, from people. Because you have to research <clears> all this <throat> through the Book of Kells, through, you know, before Book of Kells, literally from research done. As I was saying, there's like, there is a certain literature done in the 1800s that was done on history of, like, you know, you were saying about fairies and... Like there's certain things where you literally have to go back in time, look for some kind of scriptic, legit text that was done by some historian, mm. take that as gospel, then go back again on the thing he studied, see what's there on that. You could be going back, you could be jumping 5,000 years to 5,000 years by doing this kind of stuff. And that's how you're getting this legit information that's yeah. but so hard to find as well. There's work in it, yeah, and it's... Fair I mean, play to you, man. That's savage thing. Yeah, I mean, that was a lovely story and that guy did it fierce justice as well. He told it really well. But the fact that we don't know, I mean, I think yeah. it speaks for itself. Well, the fact that we don't know the history is actually the bollocks alert. Yeah. So with that, we're going to go full on bollocks alert. Eh, 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 bollocks alert. Bollocks alert. Bollocks alert. Bollocks alert. Podcast 17, bollocks alert, is the fact that the history we're being told or the history that we think is real is very questionable and we just ignore all these ruins and stuff <clears> that we're <throat> going to get to next yeah so like basically the bollocks alert man is the fact that we need we don't know our own history it's like we're literally a bit lost in this kind of oh let's, let's look at what the catholic church tells us and maybe that's what it is no no let's go back another ten thousand years there we have a lot. We have a lot to look into as a as a country as well as, and we have a lot of access. Our history is relatively undisturbed in comparison to 
you know, some of the other like late histories. Mm. But I mean, you're talking in terms of time frames, like same time frames in ancient Egypt, Sumeria, mm. um, yeah. you know, any of the so kind yeah, of total, the old total yeah. anyway, The fact that we have to blow this open and make a podcast out of it because people don't have a fucking clue. Excuse me, French, they don't have a clue. <coughs> you know yeah but, it's ridiculous total and, bollocks all together and with that to bring us into the next part so we can move on man I was going to say hot topic hot topic hot topic hot topic hot topic to balance out that bollocks alert the hot topic actually man is basically the ruins and the history of Ireland that we're just like walking past every day it's so cool this stuff is like they're history books if you look at them there's spirals on them, there's stuff chiseled into them. There's some of them, man, if, if certain days, if the sun shines on them, they light up like there's all like crystals on them. Mm. Like really interesting stuff. So yeah. the hot topic of this podcast is the fact that we're just walking around in Ireland, all this stuff everywhere. It's We're literally in a historic land and that's it's what the rest of the podcast yeah, and is about. And you can touch it and it's, it's there. Yeah. For the taking and you can soak it up. We're gonna soak it up. Well I'm gonna, gonna just give you clues. a couple of examples first. So you know, you're across in America or Canada or wherever, Australia. You're thinking like Newgrange. Yeah. Okay. Just Newgrange. Newgrange is this big circular monument that is kind of made from slabs of stone that are extremely heavy. That seem to be it seems to be built from the inside up. Mm-hmm. If you were to make how you construct one of these things and inside it inside it there's a big shaft going right up to the it's it's almost like a circular mound and the, uh, on the winter solstice we talked about this before on the winter solstice the the, the light shines in and i think it's when the, the sun is going down actually is when it shines in is it i think so yeah um could did be rising know, as well. Did you know that like that is actually the most probably the, the most un the, the only known fact about the astrological alignments of Newgrange is that what you That's just it. said. But there is astrological alignments with all of the major constellations like mm. Orion, yes. um Sirius, mm. um Venus lines up, the morning star lines up with the shaft as well. Um, wow. yeah. So all of these ones uh, that, line up with it. And one of them called Cygnus, which I must do some more research into. Just, the know, Swan the sh- constellation. The shaft is the centre of Newgrange. If you were to come up the centre and go straight up to space, that's the shaft. And they reckon that these alignments being in line with the shaft is like a way that potentially be open to going to the next place or whatever. Yeah, well, there was t- I think there's tales. But you know what's interesting? There's actually no ancient texts i came across this other guy just give him a shout out anthony murphy mythicalireland.com oh yeah dublin uh, accent yeah. he's cool enough doing some really good good stuff yeah. on the boyne valley because in this like as you're gonna say like there's so much mm. different monuments and megaliths yes but this chap here he's done some really good research he's brilliant to listen yeah. to he's done some great yeah, work some great podcasts and uh, uh, audio books yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I know the guy. He looks into the myths and legends as well, mm. and there's no nothing said of the function of Newgrange or Nowth and mm. Douth. Yeah. Um, like Tara was said to be the seat of the High Kings, yes. and that was yeah. like a palace. Yeah. Um, so te- I, I was just giving Newgrange as an example, so you remember where these places are. So basically, you have Newgrange, you have Tara, you have a place called Ishnock. Mm. Cool thing about this place called Ishnock. It's the centre of Ireland. Literally, no, if you were to get a, 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 if you were to get a ruler and draw a cross, an X, right in the middle of Ireland, it's right there. And it, it, there's a cat, a thing called a cat stone. And what it is is, literally, this stone was a sacred stone. The energy that this ancient Ishnak probably goes back to the two of dead Annan. Mm. before it was ever Celtic or it was sacred for a reason they reckon that Ireland the thing I came across as well that Ireland was potentially the heart of the world so there was like this 
energy from Ireland, but not only that, this Ishnach place was the centre of Ireland then as well on top of that. Sacred so place. So you got then. this sacred energy. No, you can suppose it is psychics and stuff like that who would who would use rods they can prove by just walking around these places that literally the energy there is insane. Interesting. Um so uh, the other thing then with Ishnach, that's another famous part, was the the likes of closer to us, we talked about it before, Dumbeg, the stone circles. Yes, stone circles everywhere. Standing stones, which are usually like two or one in line, like kind of the same way the Roman clock would have the sun using the shadow. Mm -hmm. So these standing stones seem to do that. The stone circles do the same thing, but there's something different the stone circles do. There's, they seem to be all a certain type of stone that have like so much silicone, so much iron, so much whatever, and the heat of the sun seems to be important. Really? And so there was some be, natural yeah. process going oh, yeah. on, some magic maybe, yeah? Or some, some manipulation of the energies. Manipulation, like, yeah. I like the way you put that, nice, yeah. And supposedly if you're, if you're tuned into this stuff, you could walk up to these stone circles, especially after a sunny day, and there could be an energy that would potentially even be a headache. We'd want to go away from it. Yeah. Do you know? Something there's, happening there. There's something going on. And that's the stone circle. Um, th that would be the stone circle. There's, I've a, I've a list of a couple of places in Cork, which is kind of cool. Like I'm from Mal I'm living in Mallow. I can drive to Boeen, which is basically North Cork, mm -hmm. and I can find st standing pillars in Boeen. Mad. No, these things are like we're talking. Is it 2000 BC? These things are dating back to God knows what they were, what they're there for. We're just driving to work every morning, passing Boeen. They're like thinking nothing. <laughs> It's crazy, like. And it then is you, mad, isn't it? Oh, it's nuts. Ridiculous. And then you have uh, in Clannacilty, this wedged tomb. And this wedged tomb in Clan, which is super interesting, I found actually. It's actually between Clan and Roscarbury, right? Now, keep in mind, Dunbeg is down there as well, next to Glendore, which is the stone circle. Yeah, what is a wedged tomb now? Just yeah. uh... sorry, yeah, a wedged tomb would be like. Kinda has that Stonehenge look to it, mm -hmm. but what you have is you have <coughs> excuse me, you have a north stone and a south stone, and the north stone is usually taller. Sorry, it's usually t the north stone is taller than the south stone. Mm -hmm. The wedge leans on top of the two stones. So if you get me now, north stone is up tall. So the portal dolmen is it the same yes, as the portal? Yes, it's a dolmen? portal. Yeah, yeah. The, sorry, the, the portal, portal tomb. Portal it's a portal tomb. tomb, but it's also a wedge. Did you know? Just on the the word tomb, mm. very misleading word, and it's actually accepted by archaeologists mm. that they are not tombs. Okay. But they still call them tombs. That dude that okay. I was saying. We there, call it portal. To, uh, portal. Uh, just a portal. Just a portal, maybe. A wedge portal. Maybe, maybe they are portals. This, this wedge portal, they, nice. they, they also call them as wedges because this wedge effect it has when you see them you can so there's a sh there's a light shaft in them mm -hmm. and the craziest thing is underneath the wedges it's a lot bigger than what it looks you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah like it's not just that little shaft yeah like if you were to take away the wedge I think it goes a couple of meters squared or something like Oof. that underneath it's pretty nuts so there's, there's something yeah there's something going on underneath yeah. them as well you can't go near them so no. these wedges. And this is Dunbeg. No, this is in Clannacilty. Clannacilty. This is called a. An an alash, Aglishin, Aglishin. What's that? Is that a H? An Aglishin. Anyway. And then Ash. So Aglishin. The coolest thing about this is it's pointing north. No, sorry, it's pointing north with the. The male stone is north, south stone is female, whatever. There's actually a place around the corner then. Can you pronounce that there? Uh, Ardorwinia. Ardorwinia. Which is near Skull, which is very close. And has a wedge stone as well, which looks like that. I'll do a little picture. Nice. I can see the wedge. And the, the top of the wedge isn't facing north at all 
that's actually facing Mizzen Head. Hmm, interesting. Which they thought was strange. Because yeah. that's not what happens at all with the stones. Mizzen Head is in the north. Malin's north. It would north, be west. We're probably just straight across the way from where this is in a field or whatever. Um, so they're saying 2000 BC. These these are things now literally, you, if you're living in Cork, you can just drive to these sites. They are, you're, they're not tombs. They were known as tombs, but they're not tombs. But they were definitely sacred. There's weird energy there. Go to the, these places, you're talking Dumbeg as well. Yeah. Not it's not normal, like you're feeling a bit you don't want to stay there for long, I'd say. Yeah, it'd be interesting. We must go to one. We've got to check it out. Yeah, see for ourselves. Um, I'm not saying they're all like that. Don't think don't think no they're like there's this, this negative feeling from the place. I'm just saying that it's different. Yeah. It's something we're not used to. These are ancient places, you know. There might have been sacrifices done there, who knows what. Who the, knows, yeah. What the energy overlaps would be. It's insane though, as you said, that these are just Oh, it's hilarious. And then Raccool, like another place in Cork. Like, pair of stones, male and female. That's another kind of a thing. Like, yeah, it's big, massive stones in the ground. Adragroom in Bantry Bay, Stone Circle. Just, just, just there, like. Just you know, there. Bantry Bay, Stone Circles. Ballyvorney. Yeah. Another, uh, like, let's place in McCroom. I have a buddy in work from Ballyvorney, like. And let's and the, um, those cross pillars there. That's the, the thing with the sun again, you know. Just to just to um, highlight as well for these portal dolmens, the portal mm. tombs with the round tombs, to get those big heavy stones on the top, it's no easy feat. As oh in, no! If you look at stone, if you look at what the main, the kind of the typical well, view is of how they got up there, it's like these stones are too heavy. So there was some, there was some kind of wild the stuff. Of, going the one on, in Rathcool, like in two of the is the one I showed you the picture of a while ago. Mm. There was only a small one, but that was huge. The yeah. size of the one that was on top. A couple of tons, really? I think. There, you know. Oh, way more, I'd say. Yeah. There, they were trying to show as well. Um, I'll get to this next, but there's something with sound as well, they reckon. Oh. I did a small bit of research into this. Nice. Super interesting. Very cool. So I'll get to that there next. But basically, look, Balavorny, that's in that's in McCroom, and Buin, standing pillar. And then you got this, this hold stone as well. Like they're showing that they can put holes in stones. Circle Where's holes. the whole stone? The whole stone is up in, um, I think it's up in... in it's up near Ishnak as well, I think. It's really old cool. stone. I find that very interesting because like old stones, it's like ancient machining. I yeah. love all that stuff where people show that. Good question, like, you know, like, what? like it's like this. This stuff was clearly machined. Did you know that there's actual yeah. cities well, not in India machined. that have been cut out of? Not necessarily stone. machined. Like Biopetra. Petra. How about the sun? Cut out of the flipping the sun. mountain the sun. Glass and the sun, and you know, like magnifying. Yeah. Never know, man. Who knows? Maybe they changed the um, the sun. Like maybe the sun. it wasn't stone at all. Maybe they were working with a different type of material. Yeah, yeah. Never and know. then it turned into stone afterwards. Do you know? But Who knows? Um, no, no. I'm with you, man. I'm but they you. were doing some mad stuff anyway. As in, they were doing some, like as you said, putting holes in stones. Yeah. That's perfect. Like they look like they've been machined in that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. I love that. And like keeps you guessing. Oh, it totally keeps you guessing. Yeah. But what I was saying there basically is north, south, east, west of Cork, you will go anywhere, and you will find just ruins and stone stone age. Like you're talking Stonehenge, England. You're you're going to find all that that looks actually older, potentially is older as well. Almost likely. Because it looks way yeah. older, way more eroded and broken up, and you know. Yeah. But um, so I came across some cool history then to back all these places. I went down a rabbit hole, started figuring out about all these ruins. So I wanted to go into like different ruins then. So I kind of said, right, I'm going to look into this place. Note, keep hearing about note. Yes. So these, these curb stones in note that are like, do we see curb, curb stones on a footpath? Mm -hmm. These curb stones are like extremely well cut like you're saying like they're, they're very heavy very big mm -hmm. um 
and they have these spirals going around in circles. Yeah, very archetypal symbol, the spiral as well. So this spiral anyway, there's a suggestion, I'm not saying it is, but there's a suggestion that it is talking or referencing sound waves. And sound waves may have some form of energy or a way of again manipulating the the dimensions and mm -hmm. so this is just a suggestion i came across about sound waves and they're saying that it kind of adds up to a lot of stuff they're saying but the the there's 14 hill mounds in note which was nuts because these hill mounds are like the terra you know the mm -hmm. way her, terra yeah and they, can, they can't really excavate i think they actually blew part of it up years ago like the array were hiding guns there and the english came in and blew part of it up and all this kind of stuff there was one that they excavated because they could were be it, in 1845 uh, in the famine the year of the famine there was some dudes went into i think it was either out or doubt it was yeah, one of them yeah. and they took the top off it blew looking, half it off yeah yeah they were looking for and gold then the same one the array eventually hit bombs there was it and then they blew it up again and there's something say i mean like this is a sacred place yeah and uh, it's, oh, it's mad. So now it has a couple of really, really cool stories and kind of untold. They reckon actually, the thing I came across with note was the fact that they couldn't really have much on it because they kept fucking, they kept ruining the place. Mm. You know, they couldn't really do much research there. Uh, archaeologists. It hasn't been excavated properly either. No, you know no. that? Not like Newgrange. And the, um, I'm going to get this skeleton. Michael, there in two minutes. But um, one thing I thought was super interesting is this place called Caro Keel. Mm. Right, Carrokeel has the largest amount of tombs or whatever you want to call it. You know, megaliths, you know, stone circles, mounds in the ground, mm. the tar, all these kind of looking things. Right, has the largest amount in one place in the world. Nice. Where's Carrokeel? Carrokeel is close to again. Near Mead, very close. This is all very kind of like central Ireland, yeah. really. Well, Mead, all that valley, just to put a bit of um ge geography on it, the all that valley is it's like the Boyne Valley, which mm. on the, is on the Mead Lowth border, mm. and where all that's happening. So, where the Boyne enters the Irish Sea, mm. um, and then along there, in for a couple of miles, these are all dotted along the Boyne, yeah. And uh, that's where all these spots wow. are, and that's where. Uh, well, there's a, a place then which is a bit off. It's called uh, Nara. It's in County Sligo. Well, that's stuff happening up there, too. You're loving this now, yeah. because this is about when I was on about Queen Maeve the Goddess. Oh, very good. So, cool kind of history on Queen Maeve the Goddess. She's buried on top of this mountain, and it's like a mound built from rocks that people buried her over all right and when you walk up to the top you bring a rock with you you put it up there and you don't really get the picture till you look when they come closer to the rocks when they get up there to record it mm. and you realize this literally is a mountain made from rocks that people brought up over thousands of years really yeah that's it's what crazy. it is it's amazing you think it's a mountain naturally but no it's actually formed from people carrying rocks up and you actually carry the rock up as your penance. All right. Yes, and the heavier the rock, the more penance you're paying. So that's the idea behind this knocking around. Drop a fiver in the bucket at the top. Probably. For the rest of your sins. Uh, queen Maeve, the goddess. The, the, uh, the, she was the goddess. She's the queen of Connacht. I was saying that while I go. She, um, she had this kind of weird following, then they were like, um, what were they, called? they weren't called apostles now, but they were like, 21 women anyway and she was protected by these women and they followed her and they were like they were her cronies like mm. whatever they, she did they did and they protected her and all this but when she died her legend was kept alive and prayed to and worshipped and all this so yeah. Queen Maeve she was a goddess but they also kept the flame alive which is to be honest, I don't even have the full story on this, but I know this is a fact because the English came in and ousted the flame. But this one particular flame is nuts. Nobody heard of. They kept this flame lighting 
for over 200 years. One flame, still lighting. Don't need that go out. That is some dedication. The serious dedication. This, this group of women mm. who were dedicated to Queen Maeve, they were like a, they were like a bunch of nuns. But they were they were probably very female oriented, but they were the worst. They would worship the goddess. Probably like they used to have those those type of um, cults, I suppose. Yeah, the kind of cult of the god or the goddess cult. It's not even a cult, but the goddess worship and the mm. goddess uh, following. That was common in um, so like it was very Greece sick. as well. It was very sacred to them yeah. about this flame. And supposedly they gained a lot of respect from other high kings in Ireland. With this flame and what mm. they worshipped them, because you know, it's Sligo. Sligo, yeah. Not much going on in Sligo except that. Yeah, and Sligo should get a shout out for that. Oh yeah, and uh, to be fair, like this goddess Maeve and the the, the famous mountain top, we bring up the rocks, and it's a super cool story. But the the coolest of all is the fact that this flame was kept alive, and then the English came in. I think it was around the Cromwell time, sixteen hundreds. Came in, Fuck found out about the thing. Uh, it might have been, I could be wrong, it could have been um, Patrick as well. Patrick. Patrick? Yeah, could have been. Yeah, well that's an that. interesting story. We'll do one on St. Patrick on Paddy's Day, actually. We'll do an interesting podcast on yeah. that. That's an interesting story. So, that, that was that one. And then the uh, the coolest thing about was I found Skellig Michael. Yeah, you were raving about this I earlier. Yeah. This, like. Tell me, tell me. So just remember the word Michael. Right. It's a name. Michael. All right. Michael Skellig Michael. All right. Got it. Okay. Uh, do you remember the two dead enemy we're on about? I do. They buried their son there. Oh, really? No, I don't know what his name is, but if his name is Michael, that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. I don't think it is, though. But they did. For a reason, I probably, because they thought there was some special energy there or whatever. There's a lot of ancient stories there, and they reckon that Skellig Michael was also part of Atlantis. So where is Skellig Michael in Kerry, isn't it? Or? Skellig Michael is West Cork, West Kerry, Kerry. It's really rough looking, sticking out of the ground, mountain, spiked right up. And people who are listening to the podcast would know it because it's very famous lately. They put it on Star Wars. Yeah. The new Star Wars movie. They're the beehive looking yeah. huts, isn't yeah. it? That's what they are. Um, the beehive huts. More to them than me the eye. Well, I was hoping someday we'd do a podcast in the hut. We'd go up there. We totally will. But it'd be badass going up there even. But the Skelligs, there's a thing called Apollo's Line that was named from one of the Greek philosophers. Apollo being... The god, the number one god. So Apollo's line lines up with the Skellig Michael Island. Cornwall was basically St. Michael's as well. There's a St. Michael's area there. France, uh, St. Michel, something like that, which is basically French for Michael. Mm. Italy, Archangel Michael. Greece... Uh, I don't think it's anything to do with Michael. I think it's more like one of the gods in Greece. Mm. But probably a reference to Michael. Yeah. and Probably has similar characteristics. And Palestine as well, which is basically where our poor buddies are and is now Israel. Israel. The the country that Israel... So basically the energy line that's going from there all the way, all the way to Skelly Michael, they reckon, isn't just a coincidence. There is something there where... It's all connected as well. True. And they all knew it through time. That's why they named all these places. And is this is a geographic line. If you draw a straight yeah, line straight, on a map. Straight. Like, you've got Michael-related sites on them all. Deliberately done. Interesting. Totally. And I presume this is some sort of an energy ley line as well. Oh, if you yeah. probably layered that on top of it. Without a doubt. And I reckon if you go further straight out the line, guess where you come? Where? Atlantis. I'm oh, thinking. Probably. Straight out there. You'd probably end up going like North Ireland, which would make sense. We should actually take a line and keep keep it going. You'd end up being in line with what's that island in Donegal? North Donegal, you're on about. Tory Island. You'd end up being in line with that. I wonder. If you came out straight. We should do it. Guarantee it. I was looking at it going. Really? You'd end up like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, but there'd be a point. I wonder would it go to Tory Island? I was sure it was looked at before. I just thought of it there earlier on. Okay, so um, 
that was basically the Skellig Michael thing. I just thought it was mad, man. It's off the coast of Kerry. Anyone who wants to visit, visit it? Yeah, beautiful spot. We'll do a podcast there. It'll be unreal. We will totally do a podcast there. Um, and, man, we were totally trying to get to this the last time, and I want to talk about it now. Locker. Mm. Locker, Stone Circle Locker, which is basically on the land. But if you go across the lock, there's, like, old... Mounds and well, Lockgar is um, it's more of a, a fairy fort than a stone circle. Is there a stone there's circle? A stone circle there? before you go to the island, really. Yeah. So that's um, they're like that. slab stones, and there's one of those big, really big, tall ones that, like, there's no way to how do they get it right. there? The, the entrance to Tiernan Oak is what they say Lockgar is, which is the heaven, the old, which is where it's the other world where the two of the Danon went to live after the Celts came in and they said that you have to live under the ground. So these mounds, mm. that's what they say is the entrance to the other world, within the other world is Tiernanog. Wow. Yeah, and Loch is an entrance to Tiernanog, the, the legends say. Uh, just like a lot of the other fairy forts. So we're totally gonna go to Loch so yeah, man, that was just epic, and the like the whole Skellig Michael thing, and we're going to cover um, Saint Patrick when it's Patrick's Day. That's only yeah, right. We should probably leave that alone, I'd say. And basically, the last thing I wanted to say was that all these places, if you actually bring a psychic or anyone who's any bit into fault lines or energy lines or look at even like bad energy, feel bad, you know, it's like cattle being sick, all this kind of stuff majority of these places that I'm on about in like Clannacilty, Buin, all these stone circles, standing pillars, they seem to all match up with these energy lines, these mm. fault lines. They're not just scattered in different places. There is specific parts of land where these were put for a, a reason. Yeah, they were there to, to do something with the energy. Whatever it was, we're not sure, but they were there because the energy was there. And with that... This has been an unreal podcast. Yeah, epic. Really Brilliant. enjoyable. Uh, the history of Ireland, the origins of yeah. ancient Ireland. A, li- a little snapshot and jam-packed as much as possible as well. I don't even think there's a need to recap it, to be honest. Nah. I think it's just banged out, solid. And this Irish life, I want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. And keep sharing it, keep liking it. And we're going to give you the special next week, wildcard next week. It was with Cornelius the Great. Cornelius the Great. Comedian. comedian. Good friend of ours. Going to have him on. We're going to do a Christmas special. We're going to talk about the original Santa Claus, which potentially came from, the, they're saying Turkey or Finland, all these different stories. But he Finland. Was, yeah. I have a fella in work who's from Finland who keeps yeah. banging on about yeah, yeah. Santa being from Finland. Well, see, he, he was a, he was, he'd go to orphans. He would give presents to them for Christmas, so he was a real Santa. Yeah. So the original idea behind Santa was so nice and so real, they just had to make something out of it. Yeah. This guy was a ledge. So yeah. we're going to cover a bit of that. We're going to cover what the ancients did around that time mm-hmm. and why they switched it, and why we have trees in our house that are made from pine. Yeah. And we totally don't understand why they're there. And also telling cool stories about. Will we, will we talk about Christmas being also the pagan origins of Christmas as well? Oh, Christmas, yeah. Christmas wasn't just starting, <laughs> starting with Jesus, which is what real Christmas was about. Oh, no. But anyway, well, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be epic, it's gonna and be it's going to be totally yeah. funny because it's a Christmas special. We have a comedian on Khan. Yeah. We're going to have a pure <clears> laugh, and we're probably going to do a bit of an all hour and a half on it. Do you know yourself? Probably an old yeah. speciale. Oh, total special. Nice. Bit of a laugh. We might even do a bit of UFC talk as well. To see, oh, what, see what's lovely. going on there. We'll see how we get on. Anyway, this Irish Life podcast number 17. Signing out. It's been a pleasure. With, a, with our buddies who we love listening to. The Beelbeelies. Uh, I'd love to say as well that this year, 2016, has been epic. So enjoyable doing this podcast with my best buddy Johnny Shoes. Yeah, their brother man. Kicking ass. Best of times. Kicking ass. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Enjoy. This Irish Life Podcast. Signing out. Later.
where the party's at. All my good foot, feeling like a million stacks, man. I'm a rebelin', I'm feeling saucy. Hot tub, hot the ball, but gets naughty. Mickey Avalon, throwing round midnight. Tickets are selling, I got a late flight. Party, party, four in the morning. She swats for breakfast, rocking and rolling. And you can say that we're a motley crew. Living on the we wild side, how about you?